Ladies and gentlemen, citizens of the universe, fantasy footballers, Dynasty League dirtballs, NFL draft fans, and DFS degenerates worldwide, this is the Roster Watch Podcast, presented by RosterWatch.com. Roster Watch Nation, prepare for pop, flash, and sizzle. Prepare for knowledge bombs and cockamamie business. The Roster Watch crew is here to deliver the goods you can't find anywhere else. Here is your host, RosterWatch.com Editor-in-Chief, Alex Dunlap. Ladies and gentlemen, Roster Watch Nation, welcome back to the epic Roster Watch podcast brought to you by RosterWatch.com. My name is Alex Dunlap, and it's a big waiver wire edition of the podcast today. Joining me, as always, Roster Watch co founder and designer, architect emeritus of the ultimate waiver wire cheat sheet now available at RosterWatch.com, is Byron Lambert. Uh, before we get into any of this stuff, guys, just another quick reminder, please give the podcast a good review and a good rating in iTunes. It's super simple to do. If you don't know how to give a rating in iTunes, here's a quick overview as to how to do it. Uh, just go inside the iTunes app, like your podcast app in your phone, and click the little search icon in the bottom right-hand corner uh, of the uh, app there in the toolbar on the bottom. Whenever you do, type in Roster Watch Podcast. It'll auto-populate the Roster Watch Podcast. You just click on that search entry. Uh, once you do, a, 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 a page will come up where at the bottom, kind of left-hand side, there will be a, a piece of album artwork that says, like, RW podcast, maniacal NFL analysis. If you just click on that, you go to the page where it allows you to just click five stars and give a quick, simple review. If you guys could get that done for us, we would certainly appreciate it. Uh, it makes this a whole lot more worth our while to take the time to do these waiver wire podcasts on Tuesdays for you guys. With that being said, Byron, let's get into it. Was it hard? Uh, was it harder parsing out the waiver wire cheat sheet this week or last week? Probably last week. We got a lot of the good guys last week, and it's a little bit of a thinner week, I would say. Still some good value across the board, uh, except for at quarterback. It's a you know specifically thin week at quarterback, so uh, hopefully uh, everybody's going to be able to make uh, do with what they've got or make one of the key pickups of the week. You know, starting with somebody like a Jay Cutler. Hey, are are you buying into are you buying into to Trevor Simeon? No, not yet. <laughs> I mean, just not at all. No, not yet. I mean, I I'm, I've got respect for what he's doing, and you can't discount it. And you know what? He's in a thin week. He's certainly an option uh, for somebody to roll out if need be. I just it's very hard to believe that this is the real deal on any kind of long-term basis with Trevor Simeon. I mean, I don't know. John Elway is a heck of a evaluator and he's stuck with the guy pretty much through, you know, thick and thin here, uh, thick and thin here when they've got a great roster around him. And so he's, he sees something that nobody else sees. I guarantee. I mean, I've been at the last two training camps. I mean, it is a real yawn watching Trevor Simeon out there. And I don't think there's a single insider Broncos insider or local Denver observer on that media beat or anywhere else who predicted or saw this coming 
or or thinks that it's probably sustainable either you know but like i said it's hard to argue with the results so we like results at roster watch well, I mean, I just think, yeah, I think that, you know, this the one, the one matchup versus the Dallas Cowboys is clearly not, um, you know, not a not a tough matchup. But, uh, you know, Los Angeles Chargers, that's a that's a decent matchup. I haven't made the matchup tool for this week yet. That'll, of course, come out on 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 Wednesday at rosterwatch.com. But the Broncos this week, it, this will be the first time that Trevor Simeon's having to travel where he's out of the friendly confines of uh of the, um, I guess it's not mile high, but whatever it is now, uh, you know, used, what what is it called now? Something mile high field. It's not like, I don't even know what it's called. You, you know what the key is to what the Broncos are doing right now is that they're running the ball really well. I mean, the offensive line is making room in the run game and CJ Anderson is feasting, uh, you know, feasting and Jamal Charles is starting to show up as kind of like a, you know, a two punch to like that one, two. I think we see that kind of emerging here, and uh, so if the I mean that defense is exceptional. I mean we we kind of said, look, everybody's surprised by that front seven so far. I mean, I was even just listening to a fantastic interview with Chris Harris on Channel Eight uh, Eighty Eight on uh, Sirius XM NFL Radio. Boy, it, it was a terrific interview, and he's he's a very intelligent football player, and I think he's even surprised by that front seven a little bit. A team that he's he. He said that was uh, like bottom 20s of the league in run defense last year. So they're stepping up well, a little yeah, bit. Yeah, it but swindled us this last week on Zeke, or it swindled me at least. I was they've lucky got the, to cash in my DFS you know, contest. They've got the coverage to do it. They've got the coverage to do it. Um, they're playing outstanding. You know, he said they basically went, you know, straight up man and cover zero basically the entire game against the Cowboys. And, you know, the other mantra was just to – Everybody, we're going to put a lot of hats on Zeke. There's not going to be any one-on-ones with Zeke. Every, he's going to get hit by like three people on every single time he touches the ball. And uh, so, you know, that's that's a tough way to play over the course of the season. But, man, look pretty good. So, yeah, I, the Broncos, a tough matchup. Look like they're right back in it, you, you know, in, in it for that AFC West. Maybe a tick behind Kansas City, but right in it there with everybody else, I'd say. Yeah, that was definitely an interesting, uh, very interesting to see kind of how that how that went down with. uh, Just, I mean, I'll be interested to see what the matchup tool says this week about the about the Broncos defense. Man, that 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 Tamata Pecco at 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 nose is a is a pretty beastly dude. But um, well, that's who Chris Harris specifically pointed to. He said that was a massive addition for the team. It's just, uh, yeah, he's just he's he's real. You know what he. I mean, against the Dallas offensive line, you just don't expect it to, to, to over and over and over again to split these double teams and just physically, you know, manhandle guys. So definitely something to watch. He'll be getting a bump up as far as, you know, the analytic scores that he receives from roster watch. But, you know, so, uh, I guess, you know, as far as just getting into the cheat sheet, um, clearly, all right, so nothing really going on at the quarterback positions. If you're a quarterback streamer, uh, I think that maybe you could think about Jay Cutler. I see he's on the cheat sheet. I know, like we talked about on the serious program this last weekend, you said you wanted to get in Devontae Parker, just kind of like those dudes who um, go to the car shows sometimes, even though they know they're going to lose, just so they can hear the, hear the engine roar a little bit, hear that thing crackle and sizzle, start to pop off and fire a little bit. I feel like you got to see him kind of pop off and fire a little bit, but boy, I think the Jets this weekend. I have, like I said, I have not made the matchup tool, but I believe that the Jet it's Jets Dolphins. So 
Jay Cutler going there to the Jets, we know how how pitiful that defense has looked. And I noticed that they're only t- one touchdown favorites, the Dolphins are, coming into this thing. I figured they'd be a little bit bigger favorites than that. But I think that this could be a Cutler game. You worry, though, about what Jay Ajayi has done against bad uh, op- opposing defenses when they've been in a good game script. And with the, how, how good Jay Ajayi looked last week, whether this could be a Jay Ajayi game. But do you think that Jay Cutler could be a decent streaming option? Oh, yeah, man. I mean, you see where I have him on the cheat sheet for week three on the waiver wire cheat sheet. Uh, Jay Cutler, a very, very viable option. I mean, he's got a loaded arsenal. I mean, the trash man in his fantasy fallout, you know, he says that, you know, essentially, you know, Devontae Parker's the guy, but that Jarvis Landry is right there with him in terms of, you know, who Jay Jay Cutler likes to throw the ball to. And I'll tell you, at at, uh, training camp, at Dolphins training camp, certainly Jay Cutler did like throwing the ball to Jarvis Landry, and that's something to really rethink is Jarvis Landry – is a good player now with a good quarterback who likes to throw the ball. This, you know, maybe this makes Jake uh, Jarvis Landry the most valuable that he's been in his career. And I'm not sure that's what everybody was thinking during their fantasy drafts once Cutler came on board. But you know, what I'll say is, while the targets were good for both of them, and certainly Landry was a target hog, it's Devonte Parker who's going to get the high value targets, and that's kind of why we've leaned that way. You know, at least during our drafts. But yeah, Cutler. I mean. Between Ajay and, you know, Stills and Parker and Landry, I mean, that's a really, really solid play. And But you better get your hands on him because there's not too many other guys behind him this week. Well, I just I just mean, like, how can you get 15 targets for – and get, honestly, 14 touches. I think he only caught 13 balls, but he was handed off the football once. And only, and only go for 71 yards. This guy is the lowest average depth of target of anybody I've ever seen in, in, in my life. It's just like, it, I mean, fi- 15 targets. He touched the ball 14 times. He got a total of 71 yards. Talk about low value. I mean, like you said, Devontae Parker, nine targets. He had for the four receptions for 85 yards. Both of those guys, 90-plus uh, percent snap participants. So, hey, think- it, it, was a joy, it was a joy to get to watch that with Alex, too, live on Sunday after we were able to have kind of the lively and spirited discussions about it on Saturday night and Sunday morning on the SiriusXM shows. And I think you got to see pretty much what I was outlining during the show and what I brought home for Roster Watch Nation from Miami. Yeah, no, I mean, I, yeah, I got to see, well, I got to see a little bit of it in preseason week three, but I mean, I definitely, I definitely got to see, yeah, like whenever you're talking about, I get I always get a little bit queasy when it's a player that I've never really been that high on, and Byron starts talking about him like he's gonna roll roll the Ferrari out of the garage and stuff like that, but yeah, I mean, he looks like he he he, he looks like he's a sports car man, like I can tell why you've been excited to 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 get him in the lineup, and I think you know, like I said. You know, we couldn't get him on the DFS cheat sheet last week because it was just, you know, it just it just didn't make sense going up against the Casey Hayward. Um, I do think that this week going up against the Jets, he's a shoe in to go on the DFS cheat sheet. I haven't looked at the exact pricing yet on DraftKings just yet, but I guarantee you he's going to be underpriced. You know, it could be a, it could be a multi touchdown monster. I will say Kenny Stills will most likely be a fixture on the waiver wire cheat sheet uh, throughout the season. He's a guy, you know, one thing we talk about when you come to rosterwatch.com and when you use the tools, when you use the waiver wire cheat sheet, is that, 
you know, it's designed very intuitively and you basically follow it top to bottom. But the cool thing with the waiver wire cheat sheet and the pricing tiers are you can kind of cherry pick it a little bit depending on your waiver situation. You know, you may not have budget. You may not want to spend budget. You may not have good waiver priority. And so, you know, you you always have the option to kind of look at um, uh, at some of the lower priced tiers. And those are guys we we love oftentimes and those are guys we're after in our own leagues oftentimes and we opt to skip going after the guys at the top and uh, so just because some of the players are a little further down uh it doesn't always mean they're any less valuable especially if you're trying to win in the given week in the coming week and uh, so that puts kenny stills right atop the heap uh, in that uh, lower tier of waiver wire pickup that we're uh, recommending this week. Yeah, but I mean, you, you got to start looking pretty low on this thing before you get to Kenny Stills territory. There's a bunch more, bunch more interesting players that um, that we would certainly like. But that's why we make the waiver wire cheat sheet go this deep. I mean, all these players on this sheet are owned in less than 50 percent of um, of fantasy football leagues across the major sites and. You know, this thing is, you know, even if you're in a deep 16-teamer with a bunch of bench spots, you're going to be able to find players on here that you should be able to pick up. And we recommend every week, you know, this is this is how you win, is by going through some of these deep players. Because th- this week's hottest waiver wire pickups were deep waiver wire pickups on the sheet last week. <laughs> you know, it's just, that's just, that's just how it goes. That I think that the top player on the cheat sheet this week there's a top tier on the cheat sheet this week, clearly. I think most people are going to know that it's Chris Carson and Samaj P. Ryan. Uh, Byron, just go over your thinking process about, I think that, you know, everybody that's kind of tuned into fantasy football realizes those two guys are the kind of going to be the, the waiver wire darlings of the week and a sort of a category of their own. How did you split the hairs between those two? Kind of go over what you, um, how you value each one, and sort of what each one brings to the table in the situations that they're currently in. Well, flat out, we were, you know, in Seattle for Seahawks training camp, where Chris Carson looked really, really great live and in person. And the only thing stopping us, we talked about him a lot on the podcast from up there. Uh, the only reason stopping us from getting him any higher on the draft cheat sheet was just the log jam of healthy bodies and guys getting paid that were all getting tons of rep reps uh, in training camp. And as good as Carson was, and he, he wasn't preseason action, he was, you know, he, he was kind of at the last of that pecking order in terms of reps, you know, for the days of practice we were there. And, you know, what we knew it meant was it was the end, the, the, the end was near uh, for Alex Collins, but I, I think first what I'd say is so far from what I've seen, Chris Carson looks like the more explosive NFL running back of the two between Chris oh. Carson and Samaj P. Ryan. Yeah. So far. I well, think Carson looks like a little bit better of an NFL running back so far. I think I'm hoping Samaj P. Ryan is just kind of getting his feet under him, getting his feet wet because he did finish the game with two Really strong drives. I think on the last two drives, he accumulated 43 yards on the ground. So I'm hoping made a strong impression. You know, last impressions are sometimes very important. And hopefully that uh, is going to stick 
uh, with Jay Gruden. Well, I mean, the backstory here is, you know, of course, Washington Redskins running back Samaj P. Ryan during that game. Rob Kelly, who's been a complete jag his entire career, never looked any good at all at any point. We had said that at some point Samaj P. Ryan is going to take over this job. If you talk about players that we liked as prospects coming in, there's absolutely no question that Samaj P. Ryan was the guy who we would have pointed to with the better pedigree. This guy's the all-time leading rusher at the University of Oklahoma. And Joe Mixon was there at the same time he was. And, and in case you've forgotten, there have been some really, really, really good runners come through Oklahoma. Adrian Peterson, just right off the top of my head. Like, the, like Samaj P. Ryan comes in with absolute, uh, you know, incredible pedigree. But we don't know if this, the thing was, when Rob Kelly went down, he was, uh, Rob Kelly was looking like a million bucks, right? So you begin to wonder what, what's going to be the, uh, what, you know, how long is Rob Kelly out? What kind of deal is this? Some kind of, you know, what is it, Byron? Is it a concussion, a fractured rib? Some, like, it looked like he was concussed. It's like concussed, a bruised but, rib and rib cartilage, you know, and that can stuff, that can be painful. That can uh, yeah. keep a guy out for a little while. I didn't think P. Ryan just, you know, came in and ran away from the job, with yeah. the job, obviously. Kelly looked pretty good. Look, Chris Carson is still, that's still right now. I mean, I'm with Alex. I could see an Eddie Lacy cut coming. You know, they've already Eddie paid the Lacey guy is two, so basically fat and so two of his done. three million dollars. He's Look, been a healthy I, scratch. Like the last, he's like he looks horrible. That team, I get it. There's a lot. There's a lot of writing on the wall there. That look. Uh, it looks like Thomas Rawls has lost a step. He's lost some of his juice. Lacey could get cut, even though they've kind of already paid him two of his three million dollars. Because Lord knows they might need the roster spot at some point. And we know that Pete Carroll and the Seahawks covet competition and they love the story of a guy like Chris Carson I could see them giving an opportunity and then, on the other on and, the other hand and they love the way that he finishes runs and they gave him 20 carries like I agree I, I mean I agree like I agree he, is, he has won the starting job there in Seattle it's like you said about Paul Paul Richardson why is it taking so long for people to say that he's the starter well I mean Chris Carson's won the job the only problem is is that offensive line is absolutely horrible the the, well, the offense looks. I mean, could is it possible, Byron, that this offense is just bad? That we had the complete wrong yeah, read I on think, it? I, no, I don't think the offense is bad. I think the offensive line is bad, which is a concern. And I think this team has a history of running back by committee, and we haven't seen the other guys get cut yet. They tried to get Rawls in there. I mean, I know he's been the best back. I think he's going to get a lot of action, but there's 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 still you know some concerns. So this is where we get to explain. Uh, on the cheat sheet, on the waiver wire cheat sheet, when we do the pricing tiers, you'll always see that I always have a less than sign next to kind of the recommended max pricing, max bid, if you're in a free agent budget league. And the point is, you know, you always obviously want to bid the least amount of money possible to get the player that you've targeted, you know. But we're also saying kind of, you know, with these guys, you know, use some judgment here. I mean, it's we're not we're not ready to go just bananas on Chris Carson or Samaj P. Ryan yet. We like them; they're our top priorities. But you know, we want to go less than a quarter, you know, of our free agent budget for those guys because there are a few concerns. If 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 I thought it was an outright just runaway monster, then we're you know, and you'll see that happen in coming iterations of the cheat sheet when that does happen. That number might be spent, you know, up to fifty percent of your budget. Yeah, and I, for example, I believe last week I can't be sure, 
But I believe last week that Tariq Cohen and Buck Allen and stuff like that, wasn't that up to 35%? No, 25%, and people got great value. I mean, if you listen to Roster Watch Nation, a ton of our subscribers utilized this tool, and they landed those players, and they played them, a lot of them, or they had them on their bench, and they're feeling good about it. And so I think being a little bit conservative, this is a marathon with our budgets here over the course of the season. And I think the pricing has been pretty accurate so far. Well, but I'm just trying to—I guess I'm trying to figure out—is this a high—is this a higher or a lower value week on the waiver wire than than last week? In your I opinion, I think it's—I think at the very top with Carson and Pirine, uh, it's pretty similar. I'm not sure I put it with a Corey Davis. I think we're pretty close to where Tree Cohen. It's maybe a tad bit lower. Maybe a tad bit lower than last week. Jermaine Curse up there for the New York uh, for the New York Jets. Of course, I can't believe that Seattle traded. Uh, Seattle was able to get Sheldon Richardson in exchange for this idiot. With that said, you know Byron always brings up the point that most of this deal was about getting Richardson's salary off the books. Yada yada. With still, with that said, I believe last time I checked, Jermaine Kirsk is currently in the top ten wide receivers in all of fantasy. Um, he looks like the true number one there. This looks like a absolutely horrible New York Jets offense. It's just it's gross to even be talking about Jermaine Curse. Um, with that said, though, man, the 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 targets are there. The production has the production has been there. This is a team. These New York Jets that are in full tank mode that are going to get behind in ball games, and there's going to be lots of garbage time hurling the ball up to these wide receivers. It seems like when that happens. During this time, I mean, uh, week one, uh, Jermaine Curse had nine targets. Um, week two, Jermaine Curse had how many? Let's see. Week two, he had. I'm, I'm, I'm pulling it up on the Snap Counts Touches Targets tool. He had five targets uh, this last week, but he played on 88% of snaps and he had two touchdowns. I, I think that Jermaine Curse is the number one there. I, I mean, what do you think? Are you? I see where you have him on the cheat sheet. Is he a guy you're excited to get on your team, or do you feel kind of gross? <laughs> I mean, clearly you want him on your team, I guess. Doesn't it feel kind of gross, though? You know, we're a results-based company. I mean, truly. And I'll tell you, I mean, I'm uh, in one of my competitive leagues. I lost Allen Robinson after about two and a half minutes of football. And now I got Corey Davis with a hamstring going against the Seahawks who's kind of like my guy to replace him, next man up on my roster. And I, this is a week I'd love to be able to have a Jermaine curse to th- just go ahead and throw in that lineup at my wide receiver too. Maybe it's not a great one, but, man, I feel like in standard you're putting like, you know, you're putting a solid six, seven points at least in your lineup just based on his production and his projected volume. I mean, Josh McCown, you know, he's, he's chunking it around. What did you think about these Cardinals? Uh, a couple of these guys we're going to get a lot of questions on. Both are on the cheat sheet. Go to rosterwatch.com, get a pro membership, support your boys. Alex Dunlap, Byron Lambert here. By getting a pro membership, it costs less than a cheap cup of coffee. It's the best way to support the podcast. Uh, the second best way to support it is, of course, rating and reviewing. Um, JJ Nelson, 
you know, went, went ham for us in our uh, DFS contests yesterday. DFS cheat sheet coming through for, for a lot of you guys. We, we love you all sending the screenshots in of your winnings on DraftKings and FanDuel. Uh, a lot of those winning teams featured a lot of J.J. Nelson so they could pay up in some other spots. Um, great game yesterday. And it looks like to me, Byron, you and I were watching, the, watching this game together. Kerwin Williams, as I've kept telling you, it just sucks. I have no use for this idiot. Chris Johnson signed I guess from back off the street he was cut he was cut during camp right and then signed back off the street uh, after David Johnson's injury comes in immediately looks like he's probably uh, the better option there uh, in the in, in in the running game from what I could tell it's it's tell me if you felt differently Chris Johnson looked like he was by far the better option whenever he was in there and during the time that he uh during the time that he was in there I just want to see what, do, do you know his snap uh, split right off the top of your head? If you don't, it's fine. I can. Get, it looks like he was at uh, he and he and Kerwin Williams split snaps pretty evenly. Twenty six percent of snaps for Chris Johnson, twenty seven percent for Kerwin Williams. But Kerwin Williams nine for twenty two. He has absolutely no pop. He's had two games to be able to show something. He hasn't done it. Uh, Chris Johnson actually at least uh, on his eleven carries, forty four yards, averaged four yards per carry, and looks like he still has a little bit of uh, you know flashed a little something here and there. Are 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 you pretty much as sure as, as I am that? While it's a kind of unappealing situation on a shitty team, that yeah, if you're in a deeper league, it seems like the guy that you'd rather depend on is Chris Johnson. I think if you're in a pinch and you're looking for a guy that you can get something out of the next couple of weeks, um, you know, he's somebody that you can take a look at. Well, but right, but I'm saying like, is it going to stay? Because of the reasons that committee? you, the reasons like, that you outlined. Because of those reasons that you outlined, that's kind of my evaluation. You know, so, I don't, long term, I'm not really sure. I'm not, that's not what I'm thinking with Chris Johnson. I think that's a bonus that's kind of built into uh, how he's positioned into this week's uh, waiver wire cheat sheet at rosterwatch.com, the week three waiver wire cheat sheet. All right. Well, then speaking of about long term values versus short term values, that brings that segues perfectly into Deontay Foreman. Uh, we saw on the Thursday night game that he came in and while he didn't have that much better of an average kind of yards per carry uh, than Lamar Miller. The point of the matter is, is he is Deontay Foreman was brought in in a bunch of short yardage situations was against stacked boxes that kind of threw that thing off. Anybody who watched that game uh, who has two eyes saw what we've been telling all of roster watch nation since basically this time, uh, well, we've been telling all of Roster Watch Nation since this time last year during Deontay Foreman's junior season at Texas that this is a special, special back. Uh, we've been saying ever since the NFL draft that this is a special back who will be taking Lamar Miller's job. Well, we saw um, we saw Deontay Foreman cut into 12 of Lamar Miller's touches, uh, getting in on 26% of snaps, looking better than Lamar Miller in that last game versus the Cincinnati Bengals. Is there anybody who's less than 50% owned, so let's take Joe Mixon off the table, let's take Derrick Henry off the table, who could be a more who could be a more valuable sort of stash and hold kind of player. Well, you mentioned his name already. I mean, I think the reason that you need to own Deontay Foreman is the same reason that you owned Derrick Henry last year and or this year. Yes, because if Lamar Miller goes down... 
he's going to be an absolute wrecking ball beast the same way that if and when DeMarco goes down, which it seems like he might be starting to kind of go down a little bit, you know? Um, yeah, or the timeshare at least starting to trend towards Henry pretty quickly. I mean, the team, look, the team has to be honest with the locker room, and the locker room sees that too. Derrick Henry's got a ton of juice, man, and they need it. And that doesn't mean they can't play DeMarco a whole lot. But you start, you know, and, and maybe it'll be next year it happens for Deontay. But, you know, the same reason I owned Derrick Henry last year, and maybe it didn't pan out, but I didn't feel too bad about it because he's a beast, and I doubled down on it again this year, and it feels like it's starting to percolate a little bit, is the same reason that we need to acquire Deontay Foreman in our fantasy leagues this year. Yeah, only 7% owned. Um, that's He's he's 100% owned in every league that I play in, <laughs> so... Uh, if, if if you have the shot at him, uh, certainly somebody, um, certainly somebody worth a pickup this week because who knows? It could be you know he might not be as hot a name this week as the Chris Carsons, the Samaj P. Ryan's, but if there's another week where Deontay Foreman ticks up to you know 50% of touches with there with Lamar Miller, people are going to be spending their waiver budgets out the wazoo to get him on the team. Always a really wise move to get out ahead of this thing. Look a little bit deeper on the waiver wire cheat sheet at rosterwatch.com, uh, get out ahead of this thing. And so what? Uh, just one other thing before we get out of here, Byron, um, as far as getting out ahead of stuff, throw out, throw out one defense for the, for the people. I think I'm going to know which one you throw out because it was one that you and I talked about uh, during the games on Sunday that we said, man, that's a, that's a sneaky one that we kind of forgot about how good they were uh, down the final stretch of last year. Well, I'm... I'm not sure which one that is. Actually, I got a few things here. Uh, Buccaneers were awesome. That's who it was. Okay. Well, I I mean, we talked about that during the podcasts on the when I was on the no, it was on the SiriusXM show uh, from Jacksonville that I called into. I mean, we've been all over the Buccaneers. We've been all over them. We talked about them on the podcast. We talked them on the SiriusXM show uh, from Jacksonville before the start of the season. I drafted them in two of my leagues only to have to drop them because of the uh, postponed game ones. This is a team we've told you that is stacked from the bottom to the top of the defense at all levels with young, studly, and beastly players that can do things for your fantasy defenses that you uh, love. I mean, I'm honestly regretful that I didn't just keep them and roster two defenses for a while. That's a move I never, ever, ever make. But uh, that, I mean, it brings up a good point that the two top defenses on this week's waiver wire cheat sheet are the Buccaneers and the Falcons. And I'm glad you brought that up, Alex, because I had a few talking points here I wanted to get to. And one of them was that Look, we're never going to overspend on a defense, and you'll see why. You can see the depth of defensive options available this week and every single week uh, on the waiver wire cheat sheet. And like I said, this thing's a marathon. Uh, so we're going to be frugal with our money when it comes to defenses. Uh, so even though the Bucks and Falcons are lumped into the same value and pricing tier with the other defenses on this week's sheet, I did want to point out during this podcast that uh, the Bucks and Falcons need to be treated a little bit differently and separately I don't want doesn't mean I want to overspend on them but those are two defenses that I've targeted from before the season uh, as uh, potential defenses that you could keep and play all year long that have upside which is a you know rare situation usually you're going to be a a streamer with your defenses but uh, those are two that have real potential and they're still on waiver wires 
and you know like 70 or 75 percent of leagues right now uh, those those guys could solve problems for your team for either the long run or maybe at least for a couple of weeks so you're not having to go back to the defensive waiver wire well uh next week so uh, there's plenty of other good options if those two are owned you want to go see where they're at on the week three waiver wire cheat sheet but bucks and falcons are certainly two defenses that we really like with young studly talent at all levels that uh we wanted to highlight you mind if i get to a couple other notes that i had here kind of as i put this thing together that i wanted yeah, to yeah, point yeah, out yeah. to the, roster watch the, nation yeah just the other thing that i wanted to point out though about the buccaneers too is that this week they'll get the vikings and those Vikings without Sam Bradford are, are a team that I'm going to want to target. I'm going to want to target Case Keenum. I think that that, I think that, that offensive line that we saw in the first week versus the New Orleans Saints defense was basically the best performance we're going to see out of those guys all year long. Um, they, the Buccaneers get a whole lot of key pieces back uh, across the front and center uh, of, that, of that defensive line, players who can, who can, who can penetrate B-gap and, and get upfield. So I, I do like them, uh, even though they will be traveling to Minnesota this week. I, 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 I like the Buccaneers moving forward, but I also like them to pick up and play immediately this week. Well, and I kind of liked how you pointed out earlier uh, that uh, – new members of roster watch nation new users of the waiver wire cheat sheet are going to see how players that maybe start at the bottom of the sheet kind of rise towards the top move up the sheet over you know you know a period of time and you know kind of a concept that i've had you know look we cannot stress enough that cultivating the waiver wire is the number one key to being an elite fantasy player, to winning your fantasy league, to fantasy success. Way more important than your draft. It's, it's the key, right? And wave, we always talk about a waiver wire gold. Every week, there is fantasy gold on your waiver wire that has the chance to change the course of your season. And this is why we tell you that every week, you've got to identify one or two stagnant players at the bottom of your roster that you recycle for hot, you know, hot or high value uh, stash you know type waiver wire pickups uh, of the week and so as we cultivate this waiver wire gold as we watch these players move up you know the cheat sheet you know I can't help but think that what we're doing over the course of the season and week by week is we are farming the waiver wire we're farming the waiver wire and that's how we're going to cultivate the gold that takes us to the championship, that takes us to, you know, the fantasy paradise uh, this year. And so uh, a guy we talked about a lot, you know, preseason, we, we talked about him a little bit, was Samaj P. Ryan. You saw that he was one of the guys. He and Devon, uh, uh, Deontay Foreman, we told you last week on this podcast, those were – you know, those were number one and two on the very top of the value heap of running backs last year. I mean, last week on last week's waiver wire cheat sheet. And you've seen what's happened just from last week to this week. They've catapulted right up towards the top. It's going to cost you a little more to get them. You can still get them as they're hardly owned, but you can see how far out in front of this uh, thing that we were. And, you know, we told you all off season that if anybody has a chance to be this year's Jordan Howard, it was going to be Samaj P. Ryan, and, you know, this could be it right here. This could be uh, the shot that we were looking for 
Uh, a couple more things. Chris Thompson, I had a the discussion. Other, with- the, the other thing to remember about the Redskins, just before you get into Chris Thompson, they're going to be at home against the Raiders in a Sunday night game. All eyes on these idiots when they get their, their shot to do this against a really bad defense. Yeah, I think if Kelly doesn't play, it's a chance. You know, I need P. Ryan to – I think he was starting to warm up. I think it was taking a minute. We need to see some of that, you know, pop that we saw at college. You know, he's a, he's one of the most compact 235 I've ever, ever seen in my life. But, look, his, his teammate Chris Thompson's a guy that we've been on here. I mean, a lot of people drafted him in the last round of their fantasy drafts that they used either the standard or the PPR draft cheat sheet. We had him on the radio show live from the inaugural uh, – uh, National Fantasy Football Convention in Dallas back in July where he sat down and told us that he thought he was going to have 60 receptions this season. That was kind of the impetus for his placement on the sheet. And look, we've said the first two weeks that as long as it was just a two-man backfield, you had to like Chris Thompson. And it was a little bit of a trash man take. Uh, I caught a little <laughs> flag for it. Chris Thompson's been on the garbage grab the last two weeks and scored the last two weeks just on, at monster games. Unbelievable. You know, he's been on fire, but you got to tap your brakes a little bit, obviously, because he hasn't been getting the volume. And so on this week's cheat sheet, I had a real tough decision. You know, how did I want to reconcile him with Alvin Kamara? And, you know, I thought I had figured it out. And then I was listening to our good friends over on NFL Radio, Channel 88 on Sirius XM. And they were interviewing Chris Thompson live. And he was he was just talking about his role in the offense. I mean, he's such an awesome young kid. We we're, First of all, we're big fans of Chris Thompson just as a human being. And uh, But, you know, he was talking about his potential role with Rob, Rob Kelly out. And, I mean, I know Jay Gruden has come out and said, look, we can't overwork this guy. But, look, he's not getting overworked. That's what we're scared about is he's not getting very many touches in a game with Oakland where it could be a little bit of a high need to be a little bit of a higher scoring game and if we have Rob Kelly out look we've said we like Chris Thompson in the two man backfield and I if I I expect if that two man backfield is with the rookie instead of the veteran that that means even potentially more work for Chris Thompson so I know it seems like it's hard for him to keep the streak up I know we got Jay Gruden saying maybe we need to tap the brakes on his usage a little bit here but I, I think for one thing I'd point out to users of this week's cheat sheet that if you're looking for just a play this week, I think Chris Thompson could potentially use a bump, and I would I would potentially uh, go after him over an Alvin Kamara. But, you know, those guys are right there in the same tier, and you guys have a little bit of license to use some basic rationale and common sense uh, over your rosters and the circumstances in your leagues. Well, yeah, and you also just got to think, Byron, against the Raiders, the, you know, the the Redskins' pass defense is is putrid. It feels like Derek Carr, Derek Carr is probably gonna probably gonna go in there and and you know sling the ball all over the yard to Amari Cooper, Michael Crabtree, maybe get out to a lead. If that's the case, that shifts the game script to one that's very positive for Chris Thompson, a little bit less positive for Samaj P. Ryan, who's the kind of you know pound pound the ball between the tackles, run out the clock. Whereas Chris Thompson's always been the guy in the in that Washington Redskins turbo package, the pass catching back, the the, the, the kind of third down guy. So yeah, I I, I completely agree. If you if you need somebody this week, I think that Chris Thompson's a, a, a perfectly, perfectly worthy pickup for sure. Can I can I knock out just a couple last things here, Alex? And I'll let you run. I know you need to. Um, on the tight ends, 
I think everybody was really pleased to see that somebody we had fairly high on the sheet last week that a lot of people may have been sleeping on coming off the postponement was O.J. Howard, who we told you was going to be on the field a lot. The production wasn't there this week, uh, but he out-snapped Cameron Braid, I believe. Alex, you did the snap counts. I'm, I'm pretty sure that was the situation. Yeah. And so O.J. Howard, a little lower on this week's sheet, but back on the sheet and a guy that I definitely – I uh, think we need to keep an eye on. And, and if you ask the trash man, maybe a guy that we have one or two spots too low on the sheet this week. But we did that in order to accommodate one of our favorites. The volume hadn't been there either. But, dude, Gerald Everett in Los Angeles with the Rams and Sean McVay, I mean, he was absolutely sick at training camp. You know I told you that. I mean, I, when, I, when we did the pod on the road there, I, I just told you I couldn't believe. You know, look, he got overshadowed by Evan Ingram and O.J. Howard at the Senior Bowl. You guys see what Evan Ingram's already doing in the NFL. I mean, it was an unbelievably just historic just beastly crop of tight ends at the Senior Bowl um, this last really year. Was. Yeah. And Gerald, dude, Gerald Everett, I mean, they identified him as a Jordan Reed type player, you know, and then you wondered how's that going to work with Tyler Higby with the Jared Goff and a new head coach and all Watkins and all these other targets. And then, dude, I got to camp and Gerald Everett is a primary target in that offense. He's catching balls all over the place. That guy can move up and down the field. I mean, he's an exciting weapon. He looks like a very Jordan Reedish type of player out there. And I know the volume hasn't been there yet. But we're seeing it start to emerge a little bit. I think he's a little banged up. We need to keep an eye on his injury status. But Gerald Everett, another rookie tight end that I think is very, very quickly catching on in Los Angeles, who has a pretty direct path uh, to some, you know, some decent production uh, there as a lower end, uh, you know, waiver wire target. And then and last, talk, some, let me just also okay. say, like we talk about Gerald Everett. The same way that we talk about an Evan Ingram when we say that we don't worry as much about being a rookie, you know, in this in in that system because they, you know, they use Tyler Tyler Higby in there for the for the for the majority of of snaps because Tyler Higby is their blocking, you know, is is their uh, blocking tight end, you know, like it was like. What, like Byron learned when we got there, the, the the intelligence that Byron got when we got there was when they go to twelve. You know, Gerald Everett's the move guy, and Tyler Higby is the blocking guy. And, and Tyler Higby, even though he's in there for you know not quite double the snaps, but maybe fifty percent more snaps than Everett, is because he's in there for snaps where he's simply not running a he, he's not running a route. So I, I think that with, with Gerald Everett, we always talk about these rookie tight ends. They don't ever come in and produce. They're, you know, it's, it's, it's really hard making that step. That's because they have to learn all of the offensive line protections. They have to be in that room. They have to be in the room with the quarterback. They have to be in the room with the receivers. They have to be in the room with the tight ends, like all of it. When you take away that part where they're attached to the line of scrimmage and they don't have to learn those protections, they don't have to stay in a chip, they don't have to learn how to slide or any of that stuff, any of those responsibilities, it makes coming in there and just ball out a whole lot easier. Gerald Everett, Evan Ingram are two examples of that this year. Yeah, do you remember he did the uh, on the audio that I sent back to you from the interview I did with him? He pulled the old Mac Brown trick on me where he made sure to say my first name when he answered my question. <laughs> yeah. And he's a really, really like yeah. nice, sharp kid with good etiquette. Uh, Gerald Everett, definitely a player to watch in the NFL. And then kind of last but not least, I know this is waiver wire, but people... Uh, are already thinking, you know, trades. We don't worry. We already want to talk 
working from position to strength early in the season. And um, this, uh, this kind of stems from last week's waiver wire. So kind of a parting thought for me is that, uh, you know, we picked up Tariq Cohen last week. All of Roster Watch Nation owns Tariq Cohen. And many of us, Jordan Howard owners, and thankfully so, because it appears Tariq Cohen has what could be a very juicy matchup coming up this week at home against the Pittsburgh Steelers with possibly best-case scenario with Howard being out and with uh, you know them having a game script where they're going to have to feed somebody like Cohen to, to keep up with the Steelers. Um, you know, as a Howard owner, I can – Alex and I talked this about this on Sunday. Uh, I, I could confirm I think that the average fantasy player, you know, is probably feeling extremely nervous right now about owning Jordan Howard. And, you know, what do we do at Roster Watch is – uh, we zig when people zag, and I don't think that this is on anybody's radar right now. But it makes me wonder if Jordan Howard is a guy to consider moving in on to buy super low on right now. I think owners, average fantasy players, are probably that nervous about it. I hear expert fantasy players talking about all kinds of trades and trade targets right now, but I haven't heard a single one of them talk about Jordan Howard. I think everybody's scared of him. I don't think anybody's thinking about him. I've got my rationale as to why I'm nervous but not overly scared, which well, in is, turn, well, in turn makes rationale? me think. What is when your rationale? Va- I mean, I can uh, tell you my rationale, why I'd be nervous if I was an owner, but, but you're a well, Jordan I, Howard owner. What is well, your rationale? We all, we, all, we all know why we're nervous about it, but I think that... Well, spell it out. Ki- for the, spell I, it out. I, like, I think what getting is Kyle Long back is going to be huge. They haven't had Kyle Long. He's their best offensive lineman, and he's their best guard. Tariq Cohen weighs 170 pounds. The... John Fox is a better coach than this, and he runs the hell out of the football. That's all there is to it. And if you look at the Bears' depth chart, there is literally nobody behind these two. So I think what's going to happen is you're going to have to take a lot of lumps, especially if we got an injury here and we've got an offense that's still trying to figure things out because they're so barren at the wide receiver position. Hell, I think getting Mitch Trubisky in honestly could be a boon for somebody like Jordan Howard. Even you saw getting a Deshaun Watson in, somebody like Foreman can come in and like look pretty good in that situation if you can commit to, if you can have the game plan to commit to it. So and I think the other situation we're fortunate with Howard is we all own Tariq Cohen. Or many of us do. Maybe thus those of us who own Cohen and don't own Howard makes this an even more appealing situation. Because I think if you own them both you know, it's not ideal, but I think you can kind of pick and choose based on the matchup or based on the injury situation which one you want to go with. You know, for instance, this week I don't feel that bad about being able to roll out a Tariq Cohen. You know, at this point I actually kind of, you know, like that play. So what I'm saying is while he's off everybody's radar and while everybody's nervous as hell, you've got to think that his value is uh, completely depressed right now. And there's some winning teams out there, many winning teams for Roster Watch Nation that are already 2-0. With deep benches. And what I'm saying is if you can go out and parlay maybe some kind of guy like an Amir Abdullah who had a decent game last night, who I think has no sustainability as a feature back over any type of long run in this offense, um, I, I, go, I would go put something together for Jordan Howard. I'd stash him. I mean, it just feels like at some point he's going to have a waves of production. It's just a matter of if 
you know, if you drafted him, were you the team that could hold on to him until you experienced that, you know, or not? I think there's a lot of teams that can take a flyer on him right now for nothing, to, for, for not an inordinate amount. And that's a guy that, dude, even if he comes on for a stretch in the month, in a, you know, a month stretch, you know, a month from now, and he goes off for, you know, middle of October to middle of November and reels off four game, monster games for you, I mean, that's like a season changer. And if you don't need to, need to play him right now and you can afford to make the move, I think that's ripe, man. I think that's real, real ripe. Well, the, here's here's where, it, but let's just hear the other side of it because you never said what makes you nervous. <laughs> like, what, well, the game what, script just to being on a bad offense, being yeah, on a bad offense, and, and whenever they drafted a guy to be the guy who's going to catch the football whenever they're down and everything like that. I mean, I get it. It seems like. It it just seems to me it's the, it's been my worry about Jordan Howard the whole time is you know if he gets we had the Tariq Cohen insight before anybody else did you know even though they hit him all preseason Trashman came back and like I'd even said too man like twenty nine you know when I'd seen him in the second preseason game I said this kid like there's something about him Trashman got it all completely confirmed when he was in Chicago I just you know my my worries are. I think they're being shown right now as being well-founded. With that being said, those were worries over taking a guy that was going at the one-two turn of fantasy drafts. And if Byron's talking about being able to maybe flip some kind of Amir Abdullah or something like that for a, you know, for, for, for this kind of player, a Jordan Howard, who knows, man, you might be, there could be some, one of these guys that we've gotten off the waiver wire just recently, like a Buck Allen or somebody like that, who, you know, some, to, to somebody who doesn't know football, you could say, look, he's the new starter in, in Baltimore, Google him, you know, find out for yourself. If you think I'm trying to swindle you, if you want to keep Jordan Howard, whenever Tariq Cohen's getting all the action, that's fine. Like that's a pitch that could really, really work. All right, well, that concludes this episode of the Roster Watch Podcast for Byron Lambert, for the disgusting trash man, for the robot genius and all of Roster Watch Nation. My name is Alex Dunlap. We will see you next time. <laughs>